This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Let's get it started. On Dubai Eye 103.8. And it just, yeah, this is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. We are live on Dubai Eye 103.8. We're live with you through until 11am each and every Tuesday right here on your radio. But as always, we're asking you to get involved in the conversation. Uh, and do please have your say. How do I do that, you ask? Well, uh, if you are on Facebook or Instagram, at Dubai i138fm or at virtue zone if you're on twitter it's at dubai i138fm or at virtue zone underscore uae but you can always use that hashtag which will get you there nice and quickly hashtag started up with virtue zone hashtag be your own boss all good and well we will get in touch you say oh you can also send me a text on 4001 got any questions with regards to starting up maybe you are thinking of making the leap maybe you have started up already and would like some advice then the team from Virtue Zone on hand to help you out. Today, we're talking about survival. Uh, how do you survive? We're talking about surviving the first year of business. It can be tricky. We often hear the success stories, but in reality, many new startups struggle to make it past the first few years. Uh, various statistics, but it's generally accepted that 20% close within just a year. That's right. And 50% don't make it beyond five years. So what can you do to ensure that your business is a long-lasting success? We'll catch up with the business coach, Phil Bedford, who's written a book about how to spot and avoid these common mistakes. And Gabrielle Matha, an F&B consultant who joins us a little later to give her advice to restaurateurs and otherwise. Plus, Zone in the house to give you all the latest advice in their well-versed and curated company clinic this is starting up with virtue zone we're live here on dubai i103.8 we're live for an hour so please get involved in the conversation you're listening to starting up with tom urquhart and virtue zone on dubai i103.8 well, welcome to one and all, and a warm, warm welcome to my co-host uh, for the show this hour. Great to have him in the hot seat. He is the founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone itself, Mr. Neil Petch. Mr. P, good to have you on board. Well versed and curated, Tom. I wish that was on my CV. <laughs> bespoke. I'll have the bespoke, Mr. Neil Petch, on we'll the take on, that. on the CV. Good to have you with us. Been a good week. It's been a fantastic week. It's going to get even better, Tom, and the weather's going to change too. An Englishman. Loves Loves to talk about the weather, doesn't he? Well, we're in that we're in that sort of that that that, that phony season. It's like the phony war, isn't it? The phony season at the moment where y- you're not quite sure whether you can have a barbecue, you can't have a barbecue. That's right. And when I say Englishman, I include Romanians and Chinese people in that because I'm so proud that we oh, won the US yes. Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had lots to sort of reflect on over the course of the weekend, and why not as well? Uh, because what a great day Saturday was for for, for sport as well with the uh, uh, with the return of a certain Cristiano Ronaldo oh, fantastic and you Sweet. know what hey this gives us an, an excuse to talk about sport because how what do Emma and Cristiano share mental fortitude the ability ah. to deliver under pressure and that's what you entrepreneurs need as well so if I could have anyone come and speak at a Virtue Zone event to our customers at the moment I'd pick Emma, actually, Radicano, 18-year-old woman who, my goodness gracious me, that the ability to act under pressure and the ability to be modest, I think, you know, what skills? 
Yeah, no, Emirata Kanu, who was crowned the US Open champion in uh, dramatic style on Saturday night. Um, as you say, um, just 18. She was doing her A-levels in June. She was in uniform, Tom, two months ago. <laughs> I don't want to distract you, but, I mean, it's quite a thought. She's not having a bad gap year, is she? <laughs> 2.5 mil better off after That's two right, she months. Can, she can afford the, uh, the AirPods now. Uh, amazing story. Uh, talking of stories, this is our opportunity to do this. Well briefed. The business stories you need to know this week. Uh, this is an opportunity for me to delve into some of the big stories uh, from the world of SMEs and startups uh, and ask uh, Mr. Neil Petch for his thoughts and opinions on this one. Meanwhile, if you've got any opinions, feel free to get them into Neil and myself by texting us on 4001. 55% of founders in the region say that raising investment is their number one cause of stress, according to a new report by mental health startup, uh, Empire. Uh, the entrepreneurship platform Wamda, uh, Microsoft for Startups, survey found that 36% of entrepreneurs in the region rate their mental health as bad, while only 9.9% say it is good. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and scaling a business was listed as the second joint reasons uh, for stress, followed by work-life balance, setting up the venture and team management. So let's dive into this and unpick it a little bit. Um, it's important, I suppose, Neil, to remember this because, you know, often you read, and this is going to be one of the sort of main themes of the story, we often read the good stories, you know, we yeah. get the good news stories, the success stories coming through. Um, when somebody has received three quarters of a billion dollars worth of founding through funding, etc., um, or when their IPA is going ballistic, etc., that makes headlines. We don't often hear the negative stories as well and the stress that is caused by trying to get to that success in the first place. And stress is is a large player, especially when you've got your own startup. Yeah, I think that this is actually a brilliant example of, of how we need to a- adapt to the modern world. There are two sides to it, and I'm going to continue the, the sporting side. We've had one of the greatest of all time gymnasts uh, uh, during the Olympics recently pull out of of her team, and yeah. we've had differing opinions on on that. I think as a business owner, you need to recognise that your your staff are exposed to perhaps just more information than ever they used to be, and how the human body deals with that. So stress is definitely more of a thing than it used to be. One is also able to admit it more than used to be the case. I think both those things are really good. On the other side, if your team are not occasionally stressed, perhaps they're not being pushed enough. So it's getting it's getting that fine balance. And and I, I, I another great thing is I, I believe that more of us now are prepared to admit our weaknesses because knowing what your weaknesses are and being able to talk about them amongst your team is of course half the way to solving it. Yeah, mental health. I think uh, that 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 need for empathy in the workspace is something that companies have become uh, a lot more conditioned for. But, you know, when it's your own vision, when it's your own baby, when it's own something that you're trying to get off the ground, being conscious and having somebody who recognises your mental health yeah. going through that sort of stress is, is, is a big thing. So it's an, it's an interesting story and one we're going to pick up on a little bit more, in fact, next week. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Ali Salama, the founder of Empower, uh, next week uh, on this very show about mental health for entrepreneurs and how or if it does differ from those uh, in other corporate roles. 
other stories that we'll look into here. There's been a positive response to the news that children aged between 15 and 18 can now take up part-time work in the UAE. Decision announced as part of the 50 new projects that will mark the country's year of the 50th celebrations, according to the guidelines issued on the Ministry of Human Resources and Emeritization website. Companies will need to apply for juvenile work permits. Yeah, I mean, Tom, don't underestimate the importance of that. You know, we've got such talent in in this age bracket. And in the past, our legislation has made it quite difficult for someone to transition from being a very talented uh, school uh, uh, person or or university student into full-time education, such that a lot of people, their automatic response would be to go back to London, to go back to New York, wherever it might happen to be. And the government... Yet again, in, in another series of, of changes to how they're allowing people to work here, are recognising that these, these people are our future. So, so encouraged uh, uh, by that. I mean, with your virtue zone hat on, but also uh, as a serial entrepreneur in your own right and successful businessman. Uh, serial failed entrepreneur on occasion, Tom. <laughs> Nothing wrong with admitting that, uh, <laughs> Neil, as we've, as we've said time and time again. Uh, you learn, don't you? You learn along the journey. But are you an advocate of part-time jobs, apprenticeships, uh, work experience, etc.? Do you know who Grant Mitchell is? EastEnders. Yeah, I do know. Is this this another of those sort of work-life balance So we we had an intern uh, working for us uh, the other day, uh, 17 years old, worked in the marketing department, took the digital department by storm. Everyone (laughs) loved him. And a day later, Grant Mitchell, my hero from EastEnders from a thousand years ago, who's done these programs about going into dangerous prisons around the world and stuff, does a video talking about Virtue Zone. No. Every every single English person in the company was over the moon. Everyone else didn't know what on earth we were talking about. Interns are the way to go, guys. What was it? I've been in. I've been in Colombian de- jungles. I've been in. Uh, he was about to dive on on one of the German World War Two boats, the really? Graf Spee or something like that. And just before he did, he gave us a shout out. And he's he's, he's still alive. I'm glad to say. Been in <laughs> Colombian jungles. Been in the toughest prisons in the known to mankind. I've hung with uh, awful gangs. But this is my ultimate challenge. I'm going on work experience with Neil Petch. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fellow. You have to listen to me. Come on, Grant. Come on over. We'd love to get you involved. Uh, yeah, it's a good move. I like this one. But it also broaches the, the, the question about uh, the projects of the 50. Again, another week goes by, Neil. And again, we've got a wealth to talk about uh, after a whole raft of new initiatives announced by the government. Yeah, and there's more coming. And I know what they are, but I can't tell you. Because <laughs> um, we've had 26 to date, haven't we? This is the Projects of the 50 plan, which were uh, announced or have been announced over the last uh, couple of weeks. Latest 13 announced this Sunday. Big focus on boosting number of Emiratis employed in the private sector as well. Before that, we had a big focus on visas, green visas and otherwise, etc. Um, we are promised we're thinking round about the 50 mark, I think would be a fair assumption to, to look at. But um, 
from what we read in the last ones as well, big focus on Emirati private sector employment in the private sector. Is that something we need to see more of? I really feel we've just got our mojo at the moment, haven't we? The, the power is there. And something else that I spotted that they do in Dubai government, what Sheikh Mohammed does, I learned something the other day from some of my team. You have these things called scrums where you get pods of people within your company from different groups, put them together for a very short period of time, and they try and achieve a particular project collaborating together using a bit of fintech solution to enable them to do that. And because you know you've got a short period of time, you're probably not getting on the phone during that meeting. You're collaborating because you're kind of competing against a different pod. And what Sheikh Mohammed does is he brings in people from different departments who are super talented and pulls them together from different, for example, wow. ministries. Okay. And together they can achieve so much because obviously pioneers take a lot of arrows. So if one person is championing something, sometimes even though it's a great idea, it doesn't happen mm. because, you know, human politics exists right from the top to the bottom. So they're setting the example that actually we need to be following. So, you know, whichever management consultants are, are speaking to Sheikh Mohammed and co, they are earning their salt at the moment. Uh, those are some of the big stories of the week. Feel free to send in your thoughts and your opinions on those. Text them now on 4001. Um, in a few moments' time, we continue today's big talker, which is, well, it's all about survival. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Indeed you are. Get your thoughts coming in to us, please. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, some free advice coming your way as well. Feel free to uh, reach out because we've got the team from Virtue Zone here, the founder and the chairman of Virtue Zone, Mr Neil Petch, alongside me for this latest edition of Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Text messages, please, to 4001 or send your thoughts and comments through uh, at Virtue Zone or at Virtue Zone underscore UAE if you are reaching out on Twitter. Use the hashtags, hashtag Starting Up with virtue zone and hashtag be your own boss uh, today's big talker is uh, uh one that is i think very very uh pressing it's one that doesn't get a lot of airtime, but it is about the sort of challenges of survival um as we mentioned a little earlier on we often hear these success stories but in reality many new startups struggle to make it past the first few years i mean we're going to get a number of uh, of opinions on this one neil but in terms of your opinions on this if someone comes to you asking for advice from virtue zone what's the sort of uh, the the advice you proffer in terms for longevity survival and what is going to be a competitive marketplace it might surprise you to uh, hear, Tom, that one of our first pieces of advice is don't jump in, don't set your license up on day one. Day one should have been, you know, setting your plan, reaching out to your network, getting advice, and sometimes asking for more advice about why you shouldn't do it than why you should, because presumably you're entrepreneurial, so you're going to make it happen, you're going to do something. So, you know, proceed with caution, build the foundations uh, uh, from the start. So here is the key thing. For example, accounting. Get your accounts in place mm. from day one because at some point you're going to need to borrow money in order to grow. And when you go to the bank and ask to borrow money, if you don't have your accounts, forget it. You've just wasted a trip to, to the local bank. How can you do that without employing three accountants when you're actually a two-man operation? That's where companies like VirtuZone come in and we help you outsource and, and you know, increasingly – 
fintech and increasingly cloud-based solutions enable you to do this, but get everything right from the beginning. But it's a classic. You know, we're talking about mental health as well. Of course, at the beginning of, of your business, you're going to be in a situation where your, your costs are high and your revenues haven't come in yet. So also prioritization. You know, I would always prefer to spend my money on having a salesperson or on running some ads on, on starting up and Dubai Eye to get some leads in rather than buying a swanky office or, yeah. or something like that. So, you know, it's prioritization and it's easy to miss that. Oh, we're talking survival, surviving long term in business for startups in the F&B sector in particular. It's been a tough year and a half with good reason. Our next guest and today's, well, today's Startup Spotlight. Is the CEO and the founder of Restaurant Secrets Inc. or RSI, uh, I should say. Uh, they help uh, restaurateurs ensure they're set for success. Here's Catherine Cunningham, our producer, with more. Gabrielle is an expert of the restaurant industry with more than 20 years' experience. After running her own restaurants in 2008 in response to the global financial crisis, she started Restaurant Secrets Inc., an F&B consultancy to help restaurateurs avoid common pitfalls. Gabrielle explains how her business works. RSI specialises in F&B solutions for both startups and mature F&B companies. With almost two decades in the industry and more than 300 projects under our belt, we are the only full-solution F&B firm in the Middle East and most parts of the world providing total F&B incubation in-house, including concept development, menu creation, business plans, interiors, branding and marketing, as well as hiring and training the right staff. We also offer local intelligence to foreign franchisers seeking locations, brand guardianship and talent requisition in the UAE. Gabrielle has helped lead development on restaurant concepts including Le Sur, Tycan and The Loft at Dubai Opera. She is also set to launch a new business consultancy that will focus on brand and operational management of restaurants. I have to say the CEO and founder of RSI, Gabrielle Mather, now joins us live uh, on the line, but also uh, via Microsoft Teams. Morning to you, Gabrielle. Good morning. How are you? Really well. Really appreciate your time this morning. Just interested to know, I mean, just on the, the beginning of that intro, we talked about F&B. Look, every industry has been hard hit by the pandemic, but F&B really, really did take it on the chin in more ways than one. But has your advice to operators, to F&B providers, has that changed as a result of the pandemic? Well, I think not not drastically because the the foundation of building a good business remains the same. You need those same elements to start right. Uh, with the pandemic, business models have changed. So um, there's more focus on deliveries. Dark kitchens becoming a very, very real way of doing F&B business. So yes, we've evolved our products. We've evolved uh, services. But when someone walks in, for me, that person is a, is a fresh new entrepreneur and they need to walk through the journey of what it takes to succeed. And then the business model then comes in and we build services around it. So not, not so much, I would say, after the pandemic. We've all learned a lot. Um, I feel people are more, um, more aware of uh, what could go wrong. And when things go wrong, have a backup plan, have a contingency, have a business plan, have some funds reserved. Those are definitely things that this market has learned a lot from the pandemic. 
Yeah, it's taught us a lot and it's made us uh, all more resilient. And I want to talk about resilience as well, because, you know, you see no shortage uh, of companies uh, who've come through tough times, be they pandemic induced or otherwise, uh, companies that you've advised before the pandemic, during the pandemic and now dealing with. What is the sort of common theme for surviving past the first year are there are there common values that companies share that see them uh, survive the storm as it were of that first year yeah the first year is tricky right for any business there's a, there's a huge percentage of failure just across the board um any industry especially the fnb industry has a higher uh failure rate um for me it's always been what worked for me as a, as a restaurant owner, as a consultant, and what I've seen tried and tested methods of other success stories. We need to have a vision. Without a vision and clear goals and objectives, we really don't know what are we playing for. And I think when people understand that, entrepreneurs in the first year need to focus on, on the leadership aspect of their business uh, because you, the food is just a product. It's not your business. It, the business is actually building that product. You know, focusing on those areas um, that require you to be every single things, you you know, you need to be the visionary, you need to be the manager, you need to be the process driver, you need to be the mentor, you need to be the marketeer and financial control has to be a part of your plan. Uh, With all these elements that are so necessary for an entrepreneur, it can be really, really difficult in the first year. Uh, Very overwhelming. And when they come to us, uh, these are the areas that I feel uh, we can bring great value walking the journey with them, you know, helping them in those uh, strategic decisions, business decisions, goals, um, letting the passion go to a certain extent, but also pulling it back in to make some commercial decisions. Mm. Let's not spend too much on interiors. Let's let's uh, put the money where it really matters in our people, in the product development, in the marketing for example, just as one example. Gabrielle, um, let I me, think- uh, if I may just uh, uh, jump in there, let me ask on behalf of the thousands of, of consultancy businesses that uh, uh, exist that are listening to this show and that have set up through uh, VirtuZone, offering consultancy, very often your, your advice people, in, in, in theory, it's great, but in practice, uh, sometimes it's very difficult to execute. And you're in, I love the brand, by the way, Restaurant Secrets. I think it's, it's fantastic. But yeah. You have advised, I think, on, on one of my favorite restaurants, Le Say. You've also advised on, on, on The Loft, which I think is, is shut now, right? Is, is, is that correct? Yeah. Now, now, that is, you know, an, an example, I imagine, where, where stress, which Tom and I were talking about on the show, comes in earlier, where something completely out of your control is, is affecting your, your customer and how you manage to make the right decisions under stressful, difficult times. How, how do you deal with that? It's built on trust. It's built on actually building those relationships with your client. Um, for me, it's always been personal. There's not been a single project that we've done that I've not been um, at the start, at the end of. Uh, I always ask the client, the first thing is I, I spend some time understanding their goals, their objectives. Also look at their strengths and weaknesses. You know, where are they at at the entrepreneurial journey? Do they have some experience or are they going to face these experiences as a learning curve as they go along? So I take my role uh, very seriously in terms of first understanding the client's needs and understanding where are they at. When I suggest a model to them, I want to look at not what I can do with all the experience or someone else experience can do, but 
what would this person be able to digest and what's the appetite right now in the first year? So I try a lot of that. Many times it, it succeeds. I think it's a two-way road. You know, when people come to you and they pay for your services, they deserve to hear the truth from you. They, they deserve to hear the, the tough things, not just the easy parts, not the creative parts. And that's always been our part of our brand, bringing them to the uh, to to the real aspects of what we're doing together. It works a lot when when clients are open to it and they come with that. When trust is built, when we uh, w- when we take a mentoring role rather than a role of tell me what to do and I'll build the design, tell me what you like and I'll make the food. We've never gone that way. We've actually stayed away from those kind of uh, relationships because we know at the end of it, no one will succeed there. So that's always been the foundation. And it's a tried and tested method. You know, we failed ourselves sometimes at, at bringing those um, business models to, to the front when we've not had that kind of input. But whenever we've had that input, but we've had that relationship and had been able to mentor and guide people, we've achieved some good stuff. Gabrielle, we could talk for a lot longer. Unfortunately, we are out of time and I've got the news team barking in my ear at the moment. But really appreciate your time this morning. All the best uh, with uh, RSI and, of course, the new consultancy you're setting up. Gabrielle, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks, Gabrielle. A big thanks to Gabrielle Mitha, the CEO and founder of Restaurant Secrets, Inc. RSI. Uh, And more guests coming your way in a few moments' time. Listen, got any questions, got any comments? Feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking to Phil Bedford next. You're back with Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and VirtuZone. Only on Dubai I 103.8. Here we go then, uh, into the second half of the show. This is Starting Up with Virtue Zone with the Self-Time Market, Neil Petch alongside me. We're with you through until 11 o'clock. If we can't answer your questions before 11, worry not, because Team Virtue Zone are all over it. Their award-winning uh, marketing, digital and online teams are answering your calls. They've got something of like a company clinic online straight after the show. So do get your questions into them at Virtue Zone. Uh, is probably the best way for you to reach out and have your say at VirtuZone, but do use the hashtag, hashtag starting up with VirtuZone. On then to our next guest of the show, and uh, we're discussing how to make sure your business is a long-lasting success. Widely accepted international statistics from various sources um, suggest that as many as 20% of startups don't make it past the first year, uh, rate growing to 50% by the five-year mark. Um, we will get your thoughts on that one. Uh, I mean, I mean, Mr. P, just in terms of your perspectives before we get on to our, our next guest, um, what would you say if you had to give it a time frame for startups here in the UAE. How, how long do most last? Well, our father would tell us, you know, 50% of businesses fail in, in the first year. Our stats, Ernst & Young audited, Tom, tell us that in, in our case, it's, it's been routinely 70%, which I, th- I think is a pretty fantastic uh, uh, success rate. Um, there's a whole bunch of things you can do to increase your chances, obviously. There are certain macroeconomic factors that you can't control. We've just been talking about F&B, for example. But 
you know, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. That's the most important thing. Second thing, we're about to be interviewing Phil. He's brilliant, by the way. I think we're probably both going to sign up as soon as we've been listening to him. Is ask for help. Phil asked for help. He asked VirtuZone to get him some coverage. Now he's on the show. <laughs> Listeners, you're going to love what he has to say. So ask for favours. Uh, well, our next guest uh, is a man who's written a book about sins, something that Neil and I know nothing about. A book about how to spot and avoid the biggest reasons that new companies fail. It's called Seven Deadly Startup Sins. Uh, Phil uh, Bedford is a business growth coach and master franchisee at Ascentive JCC. Um, uh, he is better known around these uh, parts as the Rebel Networker. And the Rebel joins us live online and on Microsoft Teams. Morning, Phil. Morning, everybody. Great to be here. Uh, appreciate your time here this morning. Why did you write the book, Phil? Oh, we've been working with thousands of companies over the years and particularly in that sort of startup niche, we just kept seeing people making the same mistakes time and time again. And we, we really did a bit of study and thought, you know, there's going to be thousands of reasons, but it really came down to seven core reasons. Uh, so we wrote the book really because, well, if you can stop people making the mistakes before they happen, that's not a bad gift. One of those uh, seven is unrealistic expectations. Um, is that more prevalent is that more common now than it might have been uh, a few years ago i mean we're still waiting for the stats to come in now but i think on the whole one of the unrealistic expectations is the fact that you know everybody believes they're a unicorn mm. you know everybody believes they've got this great idea and business is just going to flood through the door you know they're an expert at what they do so business is just going to fly in and at the end of the day as as you guys know um you know, there's no point being the world's best kept secret. You know, as a business owner, you've got to let people know you exist. And so the unrealistic ex expectations, you know, there's more than one, but I think that's the biggest one. It's so, just people think they're so good, you know. Phil, Leo played Jordan Belfort in Wolf of Wall Street. Who's going to be playing you in the next show? And, and which is your favorite of the seven uh, sins of, of startup entrepreneurs? <laughs> that's a question i didn't see coming um i, I, well, I kind of like bruce willis if i could get him i mean he's done consider it done paul bryson get us bruce willis we've got grant mitchell so there for me <laughs> grant mitchell <laughs> oh, if anyone who knows who he is they're obviously from the uk right <laughs> favorite sin phil come on back on track tom behave uh, I, I think my favourite one, it, it, it really is just the people that people think they're good at what they do and everyone's just, business is just going to walk through the door. Um, and a lot of people coming out of corporates, uh, particularly people who've had, had high-flying positions, think that they're highly networked. And I think what we realise is that when we step out of a high-flying position into starting a small business, you suddenly realise that often it wasn't necessarily you that was well-networked, it was your position. And people have to realise, you know, you need, you're literally starting your network from the scratch. Yeah, that resonates, actually. I left ITP and Tom didn't take my call for three years after that. I wasn't after allowed that. to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to ask about networking, if I can, Phil, because uh, you are the rebel networker out there. Um, you... <laughs> Are we doing networking right these days? Has networking evolved? Has it changed? Is there a right way to network these days? 
Uh, there's always been a right way to network. I think uh, the challenge is a lot of people don't understand what networking really is. So the concept that most people know of networking is walking into a group of strangers, handing out a business card and saying, hey, do business with me. And that's actually not networking. That's handing out business cards. Um, and so as far as most people go, that's their belief. And so networking is an uncomfortable thing uh, because literally it's actually cold calling face to face. Hi, buy from me. No, I'm not listening because I want to sell to you. And you've got two people who aren't listening. Networking at the, other, at the end of the day, and more successful people like yourselves would know this, it's about how can you enrich other people's lives and they enrich yours. So when you need a favor, when you need something, you can ask. And, and uh, Neil very rightly said, and Tom said this, well, I couldn't tell who I'm talking to, which voice it was, gentlemen. Sorry about that. Um, but, you know, I decided I wanted to be on, on the radio. So what did I do? I reached out to uh, Ethna Trainer, who's a, a lovely friend of mine, and she helped to make it happen. And this is the thing. If you've got the contacts, everybody is connected to somebody and for, for the people who are highly connected, it could be as easy as a phone call to get where you want to go. But here's the thing. If you don't have those relationships, you've got to pay for the privilege of getting wherever you want to get to. And that's how I got here, because I've spent the time developing the relationships with the right people to get things done when I want to get them done. And obviously, thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been having conversations within marketing about how we can leverage our marketing dollar, how you can get more from it. And very often as, as business owners, you're sitting on a resource. You might have someone in your team who's incredibly popular on social media. You might have that address book that Phil's just been talking about. So it's get creative and, and, and leverage. Totally agree with you, Phil. Looking forward to having you in the offices telling us how we can grow further. One of the big themes that we're talking about today, Phil, is survival, uh, survival of the fittest, and also that crucial first year. What's your advice to, to set-ups out there, to, to entrepreneurs, to survive, to navigate those choppy, choppy waters of year one? Uh, number one, do your research beforehand. Um, there's, the best time to build a roof is before it rains. And some of my success, most successful clients have actually engaged with us to build that plan before they've launched. And I think one of the problems is with a lot of people is they launch their business and then it's like, right, okay, where's my clients? Uh, and, and it often takes time. So obviously making sure you've got good support, you know, a company like Virtuzone behind you, which allows you to tap into an existing network. Uh, making sure you're surrounded by people who've made the mistakes that potentially you're going to make and make sure you're humble enough to listen to them. And also, as you said earlier on, ask for help. And unfortunately, one of the entrepreneur's curses is that we believe we don't need help and we're going to do it all on our own. And one of my favorite quotes, just, just quickly, is an African proverb uh, that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together mm. and i think that summarizes the business journey for me that inability to all that 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 fear of asking for help is that akin to the fear of admitting one's failures or learning from one's failures as well uh, it may be i mean you know at the end of the day i'm not a psychologist uh, but the interesting thing you've hit on about asking for help i'm going to play a little game with you now if you're listening to to the show uh, and it's, it's basically do you enjoy asking for help? And I could ask you to put your hand up. Are you comfortable? Do you enjoy it? Do you like it? Asking for help. And a lot of people might be sort of, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it. But here's a question. Do you enjoy helping people? Hmm. And most people in the room would go, yeah, no, no problem, love it. 
So this is an interesting clash because we don't like asking for help, but we all love helping. So what it means is we're actually denying people the pleasure of helping us by not asking. We need to change our mindset. Love that. And I also love your, your, your comment, tips for the introverted entrepreneur. So networking, yeah, as, as, as you say, it's not just business cards. There is more to that. But what, what about those people that are struggling to bring themselves out? How, how do you help them? Um, interestingly enough, studies have shown that some of the best networkers are actually introverts. Um, and there's many reasons for this. Uh, we've not got time to go into today. But at the end of the day, if you can learn how to do this, because at the end of the day, true networking is actually a science. It's a process of do this, do this, do this, do this business. And if introverts can take the time to learn that, they can become increasingly more comfortable and generate more, more results. So um, accept the fact that it's actually a strength you have. And most introverts are good at learning process. You mentioned their time, uh, Phil. It is against us on this occasion. The good news is uh, that you've got the book out there. It's called Seven Deadly Startup Sins. Uh, how do people get their hands on a copy of that? And how do people get in touch with you if they're liking what they're hearing? Uh, more than welcome to reach out on my LinkedIn, which is obviously Phil Bedford. Uh, I also have a personal website, which is therebelnetworker.com. Uh, the book is available on Amazon, as are all my books. Uh, if you are typing in the seven deadly startup sins, just note that the V is replaced by a seven. Otherwise, you'll be sitting there punching it in for ages, wondering what the heck Phil's talking about. And for one, if there's one tip that you want listeners and viewers to take away uh, to, to move beyond failure, one tip to stay relevant after that first year, what's that tip to our listeners today? Keep yourself visible. Make sure you're out there letting people know you exist. Otherwise, if you don't, they don't know you exist, they won't help you, they won't reach out to you, they won't buy from you. Love that, Phil. Uh, I want to do more of it. Um, and I can confirm, I've just had it said into my ear by the producers, that um, Bruce Willis has been on the phone in the last 10 minutes, and he says yes. Fantastic. I knew he would. I gave him a call earlier. <laughs> Good on you, Phil. Enjoyed that. Thanks very much indeed. All the best with the book, and of all the best with everything else. Cheers, Phil. Thanks, everyone. A big thanks to Phil Bedford, uh, business growth coach, uh, master franchisee at Ascent of GCC, uh, the rebel networker, and of course, the author of Seven Deadly Startup Sins. Cheers, Phil. More to come on Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Big thanks to both of our guests, Gabrielle uh, and Phil, for joining us live on the line uh, for today's show. But time now for us to answer a few of your questions. Company Clinic. Coolio. Right, we've got the questions coming through at the moment. Uh, thanks very much indeed. Uh, let's get to uh, some of those questions and opinions. Um, let's get to this one. Okay, uh, Neil's alongside me. Um, it's a bit sort of hit and miss, but hopefully we'll get to the core of the question or the comment, I should say, here. Um, it's around cost. Uh, misleading so they may as well waffle with their question it, it, the, the question is this or the, the point is cost misleading the ease of starting uh, up or a length of process local business banks don't like uh, free zones big companies watch successful SMEs and then they go and chew them up um, is that is that a concern I mean or, or not obviously the costs of setups the support of the banks but is there anything wrong with big companies chewing up SMEs? A lot of people go into the okay, business Okay, so I think I'm hearing that question right. Firstly, 
big companies were always at a massive advantage over over startups. They had access to CRMs, they had access to teams of accountants and so on. So we've already spoken on today's show about how you can get access to that early on in, 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 your, in your stage. Secondly, lobby groups were behind the bigger companies and the bigger industries. The government's changing that at the moment. Banking. Absolutely. Look, but, you know, I'm always talking on behalf of the consumer, on behalf of the startup, and it's an immensely frustrating thing waiting for your bank account to get set up. That point, though, local uh, local banks don't like free zones. Okay, so you're about to hear some news on the 19th of September that's going to change uh, that, Tom. So we'll be talking about it uh, very soon. Next week. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. Banks like to know that the business is real. How do you check that a business is real? The old way of checking would be to walk into someone's office and see that they're in their office and that they have a golden nameplate up on the door. Ah, you're a real business. I would put it to people that use that as a system that they are being completely and utterly archaic and that they can use technology. They can, for example, look at the accounts. They can, you know, there's so many pieces of information. Mm. Surely your website's way, way more important. Uh, uh, Amazon doesn't, uh, you know, if I asked you where's the main office of Amazon in the world, I don't think you'd know, would you, Tom? Yet it, it's the most successful it's here, business it's ever. Yeah, it's in space. Okay, so banks need to change that. They are changing that. In the meantime, companies like ours can help you provide as much backing information as possible. Free zones, because they're 100% owned, because they haven't been required legally to put in their accounts, uh, you know, there's some red flags, but you can address those red flags with help. And so you need to be guided down that uh, journey. More questions coming in. Uh, Natalia's been in touch with us this morning. Uh, Neil, I run music workshops and I want to employ a 16-year-old to do the social media for my business. Under the new rules, uh, can they start straight away? Do you know if there's any minimum or maximum number of hours, etc.? I suppose this is feeding into our conversation about um, the new part-time teenage visas. Well, as long as Nike aren't going to call me up and say, can, can they, you know, how many hours can they have people stitching the uh, yeah. shoes for? No, the great news is, uh, and, and by the way, music, what a brilliant uh, uh, area to be in. Um, uh, they can start immediately. We were talking about interns uh, uh, earlier. Yes, there should be a limit to the number of hours, and my team would be able to find out what legally the position is. But it's not just legal. It's making sure that, you know, because you want people to be not just working long hours but working smart, and particularly in creative industries such as music, that is really, really important. Speaking of creative industries, Tom, I've got to get a little plug in. Our friend and... And my non-executive chairman, Ali Mustafa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we're about to celebrate. We're going into our 14th year of business at VirtuZone. Oldest company out there, matched by me, the chairman. So we have to have a young, handsome, non-executive chairman. That's Ali Mustafa. He's on the front page of the Gulf News today. So well done, Ali. Shout out to you. Look at that. City of life. Watch it, guys. Yeah, one of the, it, not one of, the most successful director out of the UAE. Um, like ever, um, but certainly in recent times. Yeah, a great man um, and done lots for the creative industries here. Last one that's come through. Um, 
Is it really so important to be face to face? I'm so busy with my new business and I don't have much time for it. Frankly, I don't really believe in it either. Discuss. Greg, come and have a coffee with me. I'm going to bring Phil in earlier and I'm going to tell you a little bit story about one of my best company formation specialists, Maria. She goes out and she networks and actually two of the people that she met, it's their birthday today, so shout out to Shaheen and Dimitri. She brings in her own business because we spend huge amounts of money on Google bringing leads in, but she brings in her own business and these guys, because they've set up with us, they're having a nice birthday, they're happy, they're happy with their service and they're referring more business. So Greg, please let me try and persuade you and the money that I save you over the next 12 months by Tom, by Tom a coffee with it. <laughs> uh, Neil, bless you. Really appreciate your time this morning. Really thanks to you and all the team at Virtue Zone. At Virtue Zone is the uh, handle if you'd like to find out more online. And talking of online, Virtue Zone, continue this conversation uh, after the show. If you've got any questions, then feel free to get in touch with they. Good show today. Enjoyed that one. Hope you've taken something from it. And as you promised, Mr Neil Petch, we've got some big talkers to look forward to next week, I'm assuming. We sure do. And uh, watch that crypto market, guys. Have a great week. Wow, look at that. He is uh, throwing the bait out there at the moment, that's for sure. Big thanks to Neil. Big thanks to all of you for your thoughts and your comments. Want to listen back to elements of the show? Be available on the podcast, courtesy of the website or on the website in just uh, a few moments' time. So stay tuned for that. Download it at um, your liberty and listen away. We'll be back next Tuesday between the hours of 10 and uh, 11. But for now, that's all the latest from starting up with Virtue Zone.